G'day everybody and welcome to another Down Under Centre Migrating to Australia podcast. My name is Wes Zan and today I'm joined by Lee and Michael Chadwick. So Lee and Michael, uh, welcome. Thank you for having us. Hey Wes. So Lee, you're becoming a bit of a regular on the podcast. Um, yeah, hence the reason why we're bringing uh, your partner Michael into into this podcast. And and today, listeners, we're going to um, we heard Lee's version of what life's like married to a miner, a miner who's working in the mines. And now, what we're going to do is uh, hear Michael's sort of side of the story. Because Michael, you've been accused of eating all the cookies, taking cookies from the kids, and um, really taking advantage of um, all, all the good food in the house, mate. Were you aware of that? Yeah, I am aware of it. But, <laughs> but like I say to Lee all the time, I'm only back for six days. So, and, you know, you don't really get those luxuries at work anyway. So when I do come back, I do like to sort of indulge in, in all these luxuries, like the cookies, the biscuits, Oreos. Oreos is a good one for me. Yeah, yeah, we all have our poison, mate. Well, look, good. Um, Firstly, um, thanks for taking the time, mate, because it is important that um, the listeners get to hear, I guess, what it's like. Because you, uh, I guess being a miner or, or working in what, what do, you, do you call yourself a miner? How do you? What would you say your occupation is? Um, I'm actually a shop fire. So I'm mean, obviously originally when I first got the job, it was um, it's a drill and blast um, sort of department. And yeah, sort of. I just went in as Blast Crew, and then from Blast Crew, I've just I've just ended up working my way up from Blast Crew up to doing shot firing now. So basically, running all the shots, um, you know. So it's a yeah, it's it's a massive change from what I was doing in the UK. Um, I mean, like to think that when I was in the UK, to think, oh, you know, maybe like four years down the line, I'll be doing shot firing in Australia. Like, yeah, I'd never ever in in a million years actually think that I would be doing shot firing. I know I didn't even know what shot firing was. So yeah, to think well, sort of just like, explain that to the people. What is it? So for shot firing, basically you're just running the crew. So pretty much what we do is obviously you get the drillers that come in, they drill all the holes. Um and oh yeah, just quickly as well, it's it's iron ore that we are um, that we're doing on the site. It's just all iron ore. Um cool. and so yeah, the drillers come in, they drill the holes. And we basically just um, stick sort of uh, a, a booster and a detonator, which a booster is pretty much sort of like TNT. Um, and then, yeah, you have your detonator in there. And it's all like electronics now as well. So obviously, and then we load bomb on top, which um, ammonia nitrate, that would be one. And obviously, yeah, once you sort of like mix all these com- components together, obviously it's, um, yeah, it can be quite dangerous, obviously, if it was to, to go off. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we, it's all electronics. We all program all the debts and it's all done with timings and yeah, pretty much we just sell it off and everything goes bang and, and that's it. And then once that's done, it's down to sort of diggers digging away the dirt. Um, yeah. And then it gets shipped off to, to China. Interesting. Interesting. So obviously the mining industry in Australia is, um, pretty big. Um, let's just go back as far as we can to get an understanding. So you're the main applicant, you're a carpenter by trade, you've done your skills assessment, you, um, Lee explained how much you love doing the English test, you then arrive in Australia, you get a job working as a carpenter. From there, let's talk about how you, your first job and how you got started um, working in the mines. Yeah, so the, the first job that I actually had here was for a cabinet maker, um, and that was at the time actually about jobs really hard to get actually in Western Australia. It's not not like it is now where it's pretty easy for anyone to come over and, and, and get a job quite easily. 
it was actually quite hard in Western Australia. So yeah, I got my cabinet maker's job, sort of running the uh, manager side of that, really, just managing uh, the team there. And then, yeah, from there, that was sort of just a job just to see me through, really. I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, and then I got a coordinating role um, in, in within the construction industry. Um, but that was more commercial work, and that wasn't really my my forte. But like, obviously, I was all residential normally. Um, okay. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, pretty much like our, our neighbors across the way from us, they, um, yeah, he works up in the mines. He's a supervisor. And yeah, he sort of just said, look, I might be able to get you the job. And yeah, I was sort of overdoing what I was doing anyway. And I just thought maybe I just, maybe just have a change. Maybe just a career change might be be good. You know, especially yeah. at sort of my age, you know, I was thinking, oh, what was I then? 30, 31, coming, coming up from 32 probably. And um, yeah, I just thought maybe like now's the right time to change if I am going to have a career change. Otherwise, if I leave it too late, there's not really much point. Um, yeah, okay. like yeah, like obviously he he got back to me and yeah, ended up like I got the job. Um, and yeah, I, I yeah I just took it. And I thought, why not? Why not? Sorry. We might yeah have just different experience really to see what it's like. So a lot would have happened, mate, from the interview process to getting the job, and um, I guess would be. Would it be fair to say you have to have a lot of certificates to get into the mining, like health and safety, or nothing was required, just a white card? Just run through that process, mate. Um, yeah, so you do a medical um, before going in. So I have my medical, uh, and there's there's not really too much else involved in it, really. I mean, like, originally I went through as a contractor um, for a company called Brunel, um, and then, yeah, that's how I first got my role. That's what most mine sites normally do. They normally go down the contract side of it. So if if you're not any good, it's sort of easier for them to sort of say, no, nah, your, your time's done, you've done your six months, and, and that's it, you're done. Or, okay. you know, they do like you and you do do really well, that's when they will sort of take you on. I mean, like the, the phrase up there is um, you get your shirt, which basically means you get employed by the employer said, you know, I, I work for FMG. Um, so I got taken on by FMG like back in March. And obviously, yeah, for me, that was, that that's good. You know, I'd much rather be sort of employed by FMG than a contractor. One, we yep. get bonuses every year and it's more about job security as well. Plus annual leave as well you get. So and as, a, as a whole, FMG is a, is a great company to work for as well. Really, really good company. I, I I, I can't see myself leaving. I can't see myself doing anything else. I'm, I'm so used to doing what I do now. I think it would be really strange to go back to the normal Monday to Friday, nine to five jobs. All right. So so health and safety was just um, a medical done. No, for, for the role you're doing at the moment, you didn't need to hold any Australian qualifications or anything like that? No, no, like none at all. No, you just literally, it was just simply a medical. Um, you get your um, dangerous goods card as well. Um, and, and that was it. Literally, that, that's it. There's no there's no white card or anything. It's literally just a dangerous goods card because you're working with explosives and then obviously just your medical to make sure that you are fit to, to go work. I mean, obviously, the last thing they want at, say, FMG or any sort of mine, mining company is they don't want you to turn up unfit for work and have an injury and then it's sort of on them and they're liable. So, yeah, they need to make sure that you are fit and healthy to work. Yep, and do, and do people not get the shirt, mate? Do, is is it? Um, would you say is like fifty percent like get the shirt and they love it, or is it eighty percent? It's a big turnaround. Um, yeah, I mean, like mining, one hundred percent. There is 
quite a big sort of turnaround. And that's not just with regards to you being contractor or sort of employed. It's, it's I think that's just the nature of the beast, really. It's, um, yeah, you, you see big waves. You see waves of people coming through, new people. And then suddenly you see a big wave of people just leaving and then more people joining. And but then you do get the, the people who say, like myself, and you get other people who sort of do stick around, you know. They're, they're the, the ones that are um, there all the time. They're the usual ones. So, that, yeah, I, I don't know. That, like I said, you do get big turnarounds, but turnovers, shall I say. But I think that's just how it is. I think that's not just where I work. That's just mining in general. And 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 a miner's doing it. I mean, do you, you you said a career change. Um, you've been a, yeah, and you're a carpenter for how long, mate? Oh, like since since I left um, school. I mean, like really, it's what eighteen, maybe. I think eighteen. About Thirteen like, years. You you you're a carpenter, and then you've yeah. made the career change. And is is part of the uh, the money that you're earning? That's probably is that is is that like the best part of the being a miner, or is it? Um, more of the uh, the time that you work allocated to work and the time you get off. What's the perk for you? Um, yeah, probably both what you touched on there actually. Um a hundred percent the money. Um the money the money is good for, for what we do. I mean like technically you, Michael, you know I've got to ask mate, what are you roughly on, mate, a year? So including superannuation, at the moment my salary is just over 153 a year. But that's um with FMG, you pay 11% superannuation. So I think that works out being roughly take away the superannuation. I'm probably on about 137, maybe just over. Okay. And you get paid. So so do you, um, you get paid monthly? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's uh, it's the middle of the month. So it's every it's every 15th, but it's, it was 14th, 15th. Okay. So you're earning, and, and, and compared that to a carpenter sort of salary, like with the hours and, and everything you're doing, I hope, I hope this isn't too personal, mate, but you, I, I, you could, I'd have to ask this for the, for the listeners. But um, when you were working as a carpenter in your previous job, when you were a supervisor, what roughly, how many hours were you doing a week and roughly what were you earning? Just rough. So I was doing heaps. Now, I would have said that probably the salary would have gone up by now, but back then I was on $82,000 a year. And I was working heaps. I mean, like I, I wouldn't see the kids in the morning and I'd barely see them in the evening as well. I mean, like by the time I, I, I would leave at 5 a.m. and I'd be back well, maybe like 6, 6 p.m., 6.30. So I'd see the kids maybe for 45 minutes and then they'd be in bed and then that's it. And I, I'm exhausted as well. I was exhausted, so much traveling. And I think that's why I just got over doing what I was doing. And I was like, I need... I need something to change. I mean, like at the time it was a two in one roster, which two in one is basically two two weeks away, one week at home. That's that's not really a family friendly roster. Um, I wouldn't recommend probably doing it to, to anyone. I mean, like some people like to do it for the money. Obviously, the money is good, but yeah, it's uh, it's not really family friendly. But for me now, I do eight days on, six days at home, and. To me, that's a great roster. It's a great roster. Like I said, I earn, touching on obviously what we have said earlier on, obviously the money is good, but also as well, the coming back and just having six days off. Well, I know it sucks to be away for, for the eight days and be away from the kids and Lee, but at the same point, you come back and you have six whole days off. And when, when you're back home as well, no matter what role you do, there's 
another crew that's in. So there's another crew that worries about what's going on up at work. So you don't have that worry. You don't bring the stress back home with you. Yep, well said, mate. That, I guess that's really important. So, and, and and everyone else would be. Is is it common for people to have families, or is it lots of single blokes? The the mining industry in Australia has been taken from certain parts. Um, I know Kalgoorlie Mine was one mine where it was very male orientated um, at one point. Um, is it you know are they nice family people, or is it? Um, or what's the culture like there, Michael? I think the culture is good, you know. I bet, you know, obviously, when I first joined, I was a little bit, you know, it's a bit daunting. I was nervous. I sort of didn't really know what to expect. You know, I'm from the UK, and then going up to up into the mines, Australia. You know, you sort of put, have a picture in your head what people might be like. But what was like, that picture, mate? What did you feel they were going to be like? Oh, I, probably a, a, a bit arrogant, you know, how, you know, look at me, you know, I'm the miner, I do this and, you know, I earn this much money and, and just that, that arrogance, I reckon, I, that's what I thought. But as soon as I got there, everyone was super, super friendly. Just, yeah, I, 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 made, I was made to feel so welcome. Like I said, FMG, who I worked for, amazing company, really family oriented. They really try and touch on family. Um, that's one of their big, uh, it's actually one of their values that they have up there is family. So, you know, any dramas at home, if I if I need, they would just try and get me on the plane, on the, on the next plane that like they could. Um, I can't actually fly on weekends. So they don't actually, well, I, I do, but you have to travel quite far to go get a plane. So normally it's just Monday to Friday. So, but like I said, they, they, yeah, just very, very family orientated. I, yeah, like I said, made to feel welcome up there and, and, I get on with everyone up there so well, so well. Where, where do you like? So if you had your like, so give me, I don't know if you have a birthday party or not birthday party. Do you have birthday, Michael, and and um, do you know? Do they? Do you sit down with a few mates, have a beer, or if you're yeah. away, birthday, what's it like? Yeah, so like in the morning. So in the mornings when I when I wake up, but my my usual hours when I'm actually up there. Um, normally the shot firers go in early, so usually, typically I'll probably set my alarm for three a.m. Um, I wake up, have a quick shower, go get breakfast. Um, breakfast normally, you know, you can have you have a choice of your cereals and your fried breakfast as well, bacon, eggs, and everything. So they have a variety. Then, and obviously, it's not not the best. Obviously, it's not like what you would get at, at home, but nevertheless, it's it's free and it's food at the end of the day. So. So, so you go to a place, so you go to like a kitchen area, like a dining room where everyone just rocks up in the morning. Yeah, so they call it the dry mess. So you have the wet mess, which is typically where people go have uh, drinks, the tavern, the bar, where they call that the wet mess. And then obviously the dry mess is where we typically go get our lunches and that's where people will go have their evening meals as well. Um, okay. And then like this, so in the mornings I'll be at the dry mess, I'll make my lunches and stuff. Um, and then... Sorry, Michael, yeah. just come back a bit. So the company you work for, they go into the dry mess to the um, to get their breakfast. Anyone who's working on the mine all goes yeah. in there or is it just set yeah. up by the company? Yeah, yeah. Any, anyone who works there. So typically on our site, um, on the mine well, the camp, we have about 2,000 people that work um, at the camp. So, yeah, every morning. And you, and you would think it would be quite hectic in the morning, but it's actually, um, it's actually not. It's... It's actually quite quiet in the morning. You go in, you can have your breakfast. Like I said, they got cereal, they got porridge, they anything you really want. Um, they they've got it there. And like, like I said, it's not not the best, but 
like I said, it's it's, it's is free. It like a hotel sort of thing, Michael. Like you know, you go to like yeah. a premier yeah, inn and grab a feed in the morning. Is it like that, mate? Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Where you know, obviously, like the same toasters that they have in the um, in the hotels. You know, the uh, conveyor belts that they have. So, yeah. like, identical to probably what you said, being a hotel. Um, and then, yeah, from there, we just get our, we have like a little supervisor bus, like a little morning, early morning bus that we jump onto and we go to the pre-start. And like when we were touching on the birthdays in the mornings, some, if they know it's your birthday, the supervisors will sort of say it's, you know, so-and-so's birthday. And I actually share a birthday out there with someone else. So they, they mentioned both of us and you know, everyone sort of gives, gives everyone a clap as well. And says happy birthday and then in the evening once we finish work it would yeah we'll go up to the bar and have a few drinks and then yeah and that's it and then obviously we're only limited to four drinks um four drinks a day and they've got to be mid-strength as well so how do they control that mate um so you have a um you actually have a sap they call it a sap card um, and it's, it's basically just a blue card really for us. Um, and it's ev- every single person who works up there has, um, like a, a number ID. So, and it's normally, it's just six numbers. Um, and basically what you do is you have a little barcode on the back for, for your name. So what you do is when you go up and you go get your drinks, they scan the barcode and it actually comes up on their screen, how many drinks you've had. So say if I went to the bar and I was to go grab two drinks, and then I went back up later on after an hour to go get some more. And I tried to get another, say, if I went to go get four, as they, as they would scan my card, it would actually flag up saying I've already had two. So that's that's how that's how they control it. I mean, like, yep. there, there's probably people up there that try and use other people's cards and obviously try and get more. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's their only way, really, of trying to regulate who, who has and how many people have their drinks. And and because I reckon that was where where people the, the perception of miners was from me being an Aussie was always you've got the big guy with the beard maybe a bit I don't know covered in like dust and everything again this is just my my little memory of miners when I was um, down in Esperance they would come in and but the drinking culture was just crazy like they just used to just get absolutely hammered so it sounds like over the years the um, the mining industry has really cracked back on all that and. They're probably made it more family orientated, more friendly. Are there, there are people that have been at the mines for a while? Have do you, do you ever speak to them and get get an insight of how much everything's changed? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, not, like I said, there's quite a bit um, bit of turnaround up there. So probably you're you'll only be speaking to people that's probably been there max maybe on the 10, 10, 12 years max. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, when you do speak to them, the mining culture was definitely different in the, in back in the day um yeah completely different now i mean like even when i joined you were allowed six drinks and then they changed that to four um and i think yeah like i said they're just trying to make i guess the, the mining companies just in general are just trying to make it a little bit more uh yeah like friendly i think I guess for for everyone you know not not so much just a male dominated industry it's turning turning more into sort of like they really want females up there, you know. There's a massive big drive to try and push for female leaders and and, and, and more females as well to actually be within the mining companies because, yeah, like I said, it was a very – and sort of still is really a very male-dominated industry. Um, but nevertheless, like we are starting to see a lot more females coming through. I mean, like we have – there's quite a few females actually within our department now, so – 
uh, yeah, it's all good to see. Yeah, it's good. It's good that it's leveling out. Um, but let's go back to your day, mate. So you go into the dry room, you get a feed, you jump on the bus. Um, how long are you on the bus for, mate, before you get to the uh, to the ground? So camp to our pre-start room is around about 10 minutes, like about a 10-minute drive. Um, and then from there, really, it's just it's sort of getting there. Um, shot fire as we, at the moment, sort of a little bit different. It's, it chops and changes from what we do. But at the moment, we go in early and um, we have a night crew as well. So you have night shift there and you'll have another shot fire on. They get the explosives out and they actually, when I, when I say throw out gear, but they sort of, um, they prime up the holes ready to go for you. So you don't have to do, because that's actually quite time consuming. And by what I mean by priming up, is when I said about the booster and the detonator, when you sort of, you thread that through, you click it in and you throw that down the hole. And then we have sticks and you, you tie them off onto the sticks. And then obviously then we load the bomb into the holes. So the, the night shift crew will actually prime up the holes ready for the bomb to go into the holes. And then it sort of, that actually saves a lot of time, but because you can't leave explosives unattended, that's why the shot firers will go in early. So that's why I say I will go in early. Um, and then pretty much I'm sort of there by myself, really. I I just have to wait for my crew to come along. And then for the day, but once my crew's arrived, that's it. We're just, it's it's, it's quite hectic, you know. It, it does get very How hard. are you there for, mate, from when you get on the bus to, like, like when do you get the feed and all that? Like, like- so you, Yeah, so you mean obviously from, from the moment we get to the pre-start room to, like, say I'm on – on the shop, do you mean that? Yeah, yeah. So no. when you start working, how long? Because because we mentioned days, I don't think we've covered how many hours a day that we do in the yes. day. Yes, so typically it's a twelve and a half hour day. Um, so like I said, yeah. So our bus will leave at around about course past four, and then yeah, by the time you know, as soon as I get there, you know, ten minutes. That's twenty five past. I'm I'm straight into an LV. Um, into a car basically and I just drive straight to the shop and and it depends different you know we have different pits we have four different pits within the mine site and some of them like one one of them's 45 minute drive to get there and so you know they're spread out quite far actually so yeah typically you know obviously I, I will probably get there around about 10 10 past five maybe I'll get to the to the pit that I need to be onto the shop and then yeah, typically I'm just waiting around really until my crew come, which normally with my crew coming, because they come in a bit later, they they get there around about six o'clock, I would say. And then pretty much, yeah, from about six, half past six, where that's it, it's, it's all guns blazing, just constant all day. All right. And then, so you get back. What do you do when you get back, mate? Um, Usually I will probably just go to to the bar and I, I normally just have a drink or maybe like one or two drinks. So I, it, to me, it's just a, a good time to sort of wind down. Um, I think during shot firing, sort of you don't realize how sort of mentally draining it can be doing it, especially in the heat as well. The, like now, especially now we're coming into the, into the wet season. Um, and it's how hot is it, mate? What's, what's been the temperature last week? Uh, so, oh, so last week it was around about forty-two degrees. Um, wow! But when when it's peak summer, um, yeah, we'll we'll get up to around about forty-seven. But not only that, 
is when you are when you're stood next to the trucks that are obviously putting the bomb into the hole. Um, when you're stood next to those trucks, you've obviously got the heat coming off the engine. And actually, last year we had a um, one of the guys had a thermometer as well, so we checked the temperature, and the temperature read 58 degrees stood next to that truck. That's, okay. that is hot, hot. So, yeah, I mean, like, and, and the flies as well. You know, like the fly, fly, flies can get a little bit annoying this time of year. They're just starting to come back out. But like I said, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it does get tough up there. And like I said, mentally draining as well, especially except the heat. So, yeah, end of the day, I, I just like to go have a drink or two, sit down with the guys, just have a chat. Don't We don't even speak about work. It's just nice just to wind down, forget about work. And then typically from there, I'll just go grab some food and then just head back to my room really and just, yeah, have a shower, they, chill out. Because they provide um, access to gyms and all that, do they, or not really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they ha- actually at the, um, our campsite, they have a like an astro turf where you can go play cricket up there, soccer, um, like girls can go play netball up there. They've got a swimming pool as well, massive swimming pool there. They have their gyms. Um, they have a, a women's only gym there as well, actually, which has got locks on it. Obviously, you know, obviously all the women will have the, the code for that lock. But you know, and, and that's what I think is quite good as well. I mean, like some women don't like to train in front of the guys up there. And I think, yeah, to have facilities like that where it's just women's only gyms and stuff like that, I think, yeah, it's sort of um, – it's, like it's like a working resort, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I go to work for twelve hours. You come yeah, back that- and everything's prepared. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's not. It's not. It's not too bad. I mean, like, it's the, the it's not the food's not as good as what you would get here. The food's pretty average. I mean, like, definitely could get um, be worked on with regards to making that a bit better. But what, yeah. what, what do you mean? Is it repetitive sort of food? Like every Wednesday is like a hamburger, or is it just? There seems like the chefs have got no effort. I just find this is a bit hit and miss, really, with regards to what you get. Um, like some days on Fridays, we have everyone calls it Fish Friday. Um, so yeah, Fish Friday is a good good one. You know, we get beer battered fish with chips, and sometimes they have lasagna there. So a Friday is always a good day for food. Um, but then yeah, just like the next day, you might just have just meat with vegetables, and yeah, some of the potatoes are raw that they don't even. It's because everything's all just done in pressure cookers up there. I think if you're a vegetarian, you'd find it harder. That, uh, that's one comment that I hear. Like, uh, if you're a vegetarian, yeah. it's quite tough to find selection up there. I would say that as well. I think, yeah, if you're a vegetarian, it's, it would be very, very hard up there. to. Um, you could do it, but it would be hard. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess it would be. Well, it's, I guess you just, you're, you're in control because you don't have like a menu when you sit down. You have like a smorgasbord, correct? And you just pick and choose whatever you want or the variety is really not there. So if they're serving lasagna, that's what you've got. Or do they have like lasagna and a couple of other mains? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So they'll just have maybe like, they'll have a heap of fish there. They'll have lasagna. Um, they'll have vegetables and stuff. Like I said, the food, the food is free. Um, so it's not not as if we we pay for the food, but it's just not not the best. So obviously some people might think, well, at the end of the day, it's free food. So why complain? I'm not I'm not really complaining as such about it. I mean, like it does it could do with getting improved, but at the same point, it's yeah, it's just 
just okay. Um, it's not your home cooked meals. I normally tend to take up food with me because um, I'm only there technically for um, the eight days. I normally take seven days worth of food up. So I have that as my lunch. Um, just so I have sort of, it's just a bit of home comfort, really. I, I, I take up spaghetti bolognese, meatballs, whatever I feel like, chicken, yep. uh, chicken and rice. I, I cook that up on a Monday. So I fly out Tuesday mornings. Um, so I'll cook that up Monday normally. And I'll just stick it in the freezer. And I'll just put it in a cool bag and take that one up with me on the plane. And then, yeah, just put it straight into my freezer in my room. So I, every what? room has a TV and a fridge in there. So, so, so you get your own personal room or do you have to share? Uh, so we share. So we have, they call it back-to-back. So pretty much I have a back-to-back in my room. So when I... When I fly in, he's flying out. So when I walk into my room, my room will normally be messy. Uh, the duvet will be everywhere. There'll be all this rubbish scattered around everywhere. And it's not very good walking into your room and being like, oh. <laughs> but when you get back, they have the cleaners there. Everything's all clean, tidy. Um, and, and that's it, really. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't actually know my back-to-back. I don't know the person in that room. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you do. Sometimes you get lucky and you're, you're back-to-back with someone who you know within our department. But whoever I've got, I, I don't have a clue who that person is. So, yeah, so you get a TV, freezer. Do, do, like, do they give you a, cook, like a kitchen? Like, Can you cook your own stuff? or no, no, you can't cook your own stuff. If you go to the laundry room, um, they have a microwave in there. So if you need to heat food up, they have um, water as well in there and ice um, like ice machine, so you can go fill up, have your drinks there, and obviously use the microwave. But no, I mean, like if you if you want cooked food, you'd be going to like I said, the dry mess or the um, the wet mess We're up there. They have their a little room up there where people obviously where people have their drinks. They actually have a little sort of um, like a barbecue area where people can go grab food from there and just take it back to their rooms. Um, but most of the time, if you don't, if you're not having drinks, you'll be going into that dry mess and you'll be yeah picking up your Fish, your lasagna, and then, like I said, other nights will just be roast roast lamb, maybe with some veg and potatoes and a bit of gravy. It's just just random foods every every night. You you can actually sit and actually order um, like a piece of chicken. So you can actually sit down, write down that you want chicken. They'll they'll cook you up some chicken or or steak. They do steak as well, so they can cook you up some steak. But sometimes I just I just don't really have the time for that. I mean, by the time you get back, you're so tired from work, you're so mentally drained. You just want to get in, eat your food, and get get straight back out and get back to your room and just and just chill. That's, that's all you want. You want a bit of peace and quiet. That's how and I Michael, internet and everything like that. So 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 you can speak to Lee and the kids when when you when you like, or you you can't. But you can only speak to them when you're back in your room. Yeah, so I can only really speak to them. Oh, I mean, I, it depends. Usually when you're doing shot phone, when you can't, I can't leave the shot and I'm not allowed to have my phone on the shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really speak to Lee. Normally I don't actually speak to Lee or the kids until I'm back in my room. That's why I'm usually in a bit of a rush to try and get back to my room so I can actually catch the kids before they go to bed. Um, but, and, yeah. and again, this is a bit personal as well, but the relationship with the kids, you went from one role where – you were earning less money. You were working, waking up early, getting home later. But at least you were home. Is it is it challenging for the kids to sort of say, "Look, guys, I'm going to be away for eight days"? Um, probably not for Zach and Maisie because they are 
you know, Zach's 11 and Maisie's nine. Um, Nelly, Nelly, I tend not to say that I'm going to work on the Monday night because usually she's sort of, um, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want you to go to work, daddy. And then she can get quite upset. It's a, it's a bit hit and miss. Sometimes she's okay with it. Sometimes she's not. And I don't really want to put her in that mood when she wakes up. In You've the met her mum, haven't you, mate? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to put her in that mood where she wakes up in the morning, realizes that I'm, I'm not actually here. And, and yeah, then she sort of gets upset. And it's, it's, it's hard for Lee then, you know, because she'll probably start crying at school. And then it's just, it just makes things a bit difficult. It's easier as she's getting older, isn't she? It is easier. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, it's, you know, you, obviously you, you work away for the eight days. Like, yes, it sucks to be away for the eight days, but. At the same point, when I do come back, I, I do have that quality time with them. I get to do school run. I get to do school run every single day that I'm back. Well, apart from the weekend, obviously. But, you know, I get to do a school run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Monday, and pick them up from school as well. If I was doing Monday to Friday, but especially the job I was doing before, there's no way I'd do that. No way. Unless I had annual leave, I wouldn't be picking up the kids from school. And I get to do that every other week now. Every other week. And... You know, you sacrifice, you sacrifice. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I managed to get a couple of days off. Um, I've got some days off for Nelly's birthday, but, you know, I'm, I'm working away on Christmas this year. This is the first Christmas I, I will be away from, from the kids and Lee. So, it, you know, it's not, yeah, it's just tough. That is, I mean, look, lots of people, lots of industries are required to work shifts, you know, your firemen, your nurses and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I'm not going to have a crack at the teachers, Lee, because... You know, they, we know they get lots of holidays. My wife's a teacher, so we've got to be careful. But lots of industries work shifts, um, and it's part of it. And when you're speaking to them, it's, you know, it is routine. It doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're working shift work, it's not, it's not ideal. But it's great to hear you talk, Michael, about when you get home, you get those six days quality time with the kids. Lots of people would, um, would love that. I know for me the importance of having – um, you know, the Friday before Christmas till the 1st of January in the industry that we're in migration, you know, lots of people want to move to Oz and we're always busy, but I, ch- I mean, that, that six days is like the best of my life where I can just kick back and relax. And, and you get that every, you know, a couple of times a month, which is, which is good, man. I think it's cool. And do you like, like, do you take up a hobby? Did you sort of get in, you know, take up any extra sort of hobby like golfing or if you're you doing something with the six days when the kids go to school oh well yeah try try i say golf but i mean like, occasionally i'll go play with my friend he's he's um quite into his golf he he works away as well he's at the same size as me so but he does a two weeks on two weeks off so i sort of i only line up with him sort of once once a month um so which is obviously a bit difficult but yeah sometimes i'll go play golf with him um i go to the gym in the mornings um yeah yeah really it's just yeah just like stuff around the house being like we've done renos on our house um and yeah i just sort of potter around the house when when lee's not working or you know if she's on a, on a friday she's done her morning's work we've got the rest of the day then until we pick up the kids so we go off and we go have a drink somewhere and maybe a bit of food a bit of lunch um yeah yeah so you know so I, I get it's quite nice as well because i do get some sort of quality time with lee as well with, without the kids so, like I said, there's, there's, there's pros and cons about working away. I mean, like, to me, I don't think that I could probably go back to working um, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Like, I think I'm so used to this, you know, like, the, mon- the money's great. 
the, the time, like I said, I have six solid days off, which I do not stress about work. I just shut myself away from work. I can just literally worry about the kids and me. Um, you know, I get to do school run. I get the quality time with them, especially when it's school holidays as well. It's, you know, I have that quality time with Lee's working. I can take the kids out by myself and just have that, you know, bit of daddy time with them. Yeah, sounds um, awesome, mate. Like, honestly, yeah. it sounds good. And you sound settled, Michael, as well. How, how have you been, um, in, like, working in the mines for now? Um, two, two and a half years now. Oh, that's yeah, gone two, quick. Yeah, it's gone, yeah, gone really, really quick. And like I said, I, I will not be, um, yeah, I, I, I won't be coming back and, and doing anything unless obviously carpentry suddenly has a massive um, growth within the money <laughs> and how much people get paid. But no, I mean, I said for, for lifestyle and money, what I do now, it, it works for us actually, you know, it, it works really well. We well, got the miners mindset now, haven't you? That's what lots of my mates did. They all went off and did, uh, when we did apprenticeships, they went off to the mines and the mining industry sort of got shot in the foot a little bit and they came back and had to do jobs um, you know, sort of factory jobs, I guess. It didn't pay as much. Um, but you're, you know, you're lucky. You hold your Australian qualification. You won't lose your, um, you know, your skills as a carpenter. Is it common for other miners to sort of go back and do a few cash, you know, a bit of cash work or work on the tools of their previous occupation? Do the boys talk yeah. about that much? Yeah, 100%. There's a guy at work called Darley. He, um, he actually comes back. He does, um, he used to have his own landscaping company. And he went up working in the mines because he wanted to sort of get his shares and get the bonus every every year and just have that regular income. But yeah, every 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 break he will come back and without fail he's working and he'll probably work three three four days, so he'll only have two days off and then he's back at work again. So yeah, a lot of people do do that. Yeah, a bit of, bit of cashy work on the side. So. Is it is it a young man's industry? I know heaps of blokes that have gone over there and um, just done it to say you know like like to get their mortgage to get their house deposit done. Um, no, I mean I, I, I no, it's it's hard. It's it's pretty tough. I mean, like that you you're working in what I mean, like peak summer. That's like forty six degree heat. Have absolutely heaps of flies covering you. Like I say it's not really for the faint-hearted, really, and I think if you go work there, you've got to expect to to work hard, work in those really hot conditions, and it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to do it. So if you are younger, I I, I say if you're younger, you you would cope better. But in saying that, a lot of young people, really young people, like eighteen-year-olds, I've seen them come up to the mine sites and they've just crumbled. You yeah. just watch them; they, they just crumble because they. You know, it's too hot for them, and you see them, and they just get dehydrated. And dehydration is probably one of the one of the biggest things that actually people just get swiped out for. Because during the daytime, they think, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm okay," and then suddenly, it's dehydration just kicks in, and and that's it. And you just watch them just crumble. And a lot of the young people just, I, I don't think they're very sensible. So I guess, yeah, it's it's a bit of a difficult one. I said you've got to be sort of like young, fit, and healthy, but you know, saying that if you're sort of like 30 or even 40, as long as you're fit and you're healthy, yeah, normally those are the ones who will sort of make it through and last a lot longer because you've got a different mindset when you're in your 30s or you're 40 years old. I think your mindset's completely different when you're young and you're 18 and you're 20. Just have that, you know, the mindset, you're just, you're just up there for the money. Yeah, um, you're learning, aren't you, at those ages when it's your first job, you do what you do because you don't know any different. 
yeah. now you've got the luxury, mate, of um, getting back on the tools as a carpenter sounds like it's distant. So if you've got someone, you know, thinking about coming over, um, they maybe they arrive in Australia, would you suggest they sort of get the family settled or if they got a job as a working on the mines, you know, would, would you feel that they would have any issues adjusting to being away from the family and getting the family settled? I think when you first get here, probably it wouldn't be the best thing to, to do that because I, it, it depends who you are. I mean, I, 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 every, everyone's completely different, but I mean, I think if I was to come over here and just go straight to working up in the mines and be away, um, I do think it would be hard. I think Lee would have found it hard. I think the kids would have found it hard and you never know the mindset might change where you, you might think actually this is not what, I want not what I want from Australia is you know maybe I want to you know people might start thinking I want to go back to the UK I want to go back to you know living there I don't want this anymore and I think that's that 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 would probably be my worry if I was to go working away I think at the very start what what I did was great because I was back home in the evenings I was there to support Lee um, especially everything was all new to us as well it was all a massive learning curve I think once we had been here for, you know, a year, year and a half. Um, I think, you know, by then, you sort of, you've sort of settled into life here, met people, met friends. And I think that was my time that I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm comfortable to go working away because we, we had friends. Lee had friends. Um, I wasn't really, I didn't feel guilty about leaving her alone because I know that she's got other people here that she can call on if she needs any help. So, I think the best thing I would say is probably get yourself settled first. And then once you are settled, you've met your friends, kids are settled in school and, and life's sort of ticking along nicely. I would say maybe if you want to want that career change, yeah, why not? Have a, have a look into it. See if you can do something. Oh, it's so good. I mean, like you say, it, it, it's one of those things, mate. If you've got, if you, if you got the courage, I guess, to come to Australia and change that life, you know that, and, and you know that you can always go back home. It's like anything. If you want to take a break from the industry, you know what do you call it, mate? Before they get their shirt, give it a go. See if you like it, and if it's not for you, just go back to your job. You got, you really got nothing to um, to lose. But mate, also before we um, finish up, I've got to ask you, what, what's this about you taking all the kids' cookies? <laughs> yeah, no, Lee, Lee will say that I eat all the cookies. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie, I do, I do eat quite a lot of biscuits <laughs> i'm not gonna lie with but like i've always said i i work away i work away for eight days i come back for six and that's my time to treat myself so i don't i don't really mind where so i, I don't really care what he says <laughs> if i want to eat some cookies they're mine <laughs> yeah well i'll let you guys um you know worry about that but michael thanks heaps for um yeah, for sort of giving us a bit of an insight, mate, of the life of a um, an Australian miner who's a migrant. I guess yep. it's, it's so many people ask us about it, and and the pros and cons are there, aren't they? You sort of, you know, you have got an opportunity to earn a bit of money. Um, you mentioned a bonus before. Like, is it one grand, two grand? What's a bonus usually? Um, well, this year my bonus was nineteen thousand dollars before tax. Nineteen. Uh, yeah, $19,000 before tax, yeah. So when I take away the tax, because you get stung quite a bit at the moment, so I get taxed 30, I'm in the tax bracket of 37%. So I think I ended up with a take-home of 11300 and that was a take-home. 
not a bad bonus, mate, when you think about yeah. it, going to work, doing your jobs. Because you've got the perks. I mean, like, you know, you've got the food is being paid for, your accommodations um, covered in that time. Dude, yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, you're lucky because, you know, you've got an amazing wife and kids and all that. You've got a place. Do, do other the miners, what do they do? If they don't have a place to go, do they just like Airbnb it or do they have like, do people set up like a little shared house um, um, where they sort of alternate it? No, not necessarily. Um, I mean, a lot of the people here, they they come back. They, a lot of the people actually have families. If they don't have families, uh, I actually know of someone who just, um, they were renting, but then obviously they, they actually do a two-in-one roster, which is two weeks away, one week at home. And it didn't really make sense because they're paying every week when they're at work. So actually what he's decided to do now is just do Airbnb. So yeah, when he comes back for his week off, he just he just hires out Airbnb and actually just goes, and I think it's quite nice because he can just go pick anywhere he wants and just go to a, a random place, get an Airbnb and just, yeah, go live down there for a week. And it's just, I, I think actually doing something like that would actually be quite cool. I mean, like personally, if, if I was single, probably in, if I was doing two and one, I, I would probably do the same actually because that way you get to experience different parts of Western Australia. Well, within Perth, should I say? But yeah. yeah, you get to experience different places. I would do that probably if that if that was me. But yeah, it's obviously- cool, isn't it? Like I reckon it gives you your freedom. Like I'd love to be able to. I don't know. I guess the flies, the heat, it does take its toll. I couldn't imagine doing it for two weeks. I think eight days would be long enough because when we talk about flies it's not like one or two it's, you, you, you're surrounded by them all day do you do you wear like a, a hat with a net and all that oh uh, yeah it does get a little bit annoying though wearing those fly nets i mean like for me uh as long as they're not going into my mouth i've got actually i've got neck socks as well so i've got a, a sock basically that goes around my neck and i can actually pull it up over my mouth and my head um, and just literally just have my eye showing. So, um, yeah, with my hat on and stuff like that, that sort of tends to work for me. But, yeah, you do get fly nets up there as well. But the fly nets are quite – they just get a little bit uncomfortable. You can't really see properly out of them. But, yeah, like I said, it's not its not one or two flies. It's absolutely heaps. You are covered on your back. You're literally covered in flies. So it's – um, yeah, like I said, it's quite it's, – it's not very nice, but it's something you've got to deal with. But Equally as well, the flies can get annoying as well. Even when you get back home in Perth as well, they can they can be quite annoying when they just pester you constantly. But yeah, it's just you don't reckon it's got nothing to do with you being covered in cookie crumbs or anything, mate? You know, might well do as maybe take the cookies out of the pocket. <laughs> yeah. No, mate, it sounds like you got a banging job blowing up everything um in the mines um and it sounds like you've been able to create a really good work-life balance for the last couple of years um so thanks again mate being a migrant who's you know who's 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 done the move and um and is now working as a miner so wish you all the best with it mate and we'll probably um check back in in six months or a year and and catch up and see um see how it's all going if there's any changes that you guys have done how does that sound yeah for sure Wes. yeah yeah sounds good Awesome. Oh, cheers, Michael. Cheers, Lee. And um, thanks, guys, for listening and tuning to the next podcast. All right. Catch us later. Cheers, guys. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm.